1: this is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. At a time when President Donald Trump is claiming total authority over how states will reopen following the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic, Governor Gavin Newsom is expected today to outline his own plan to get California moving again. But he won't be doing it alone. Newsom says he's coordinating with the governors of Oregon and Washington. He says they've agreed to a framework that lets science guide their decisions. KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer says the governor is also starting to look beyond the crisis.
2: With COVID-19 related hospitalizations showing just modest increases, the governor said it's time to start thinking about when and how to begin relaxing social distancing rules. Newsom said the decision to be made in concert with the governors of Oregon and Washington state will be guided by health data, not politics. It's a
0: vexing uh, prospect for every governor across this uh, country figure out a way of doing this where we don't invite a second wave. Uh, and we don't put ourselves in a position uh, where we regret uh, moving too quickly.
2: Later today, the governor will release a roadmap with metrics and guidelines the state will use for a slow return to normalcy, and that's important because California, like all levels of government, is hemorrhaging revenue, just as the need for services and assistance is skyrocketing. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer.
1: Meantime, the governor says the state will spend $42 million to help at-risk youth, including those in foster care. He told KQED's politics correspondent Marisa Lagos the bulk of the funding will be used to supplement the money families get each month, but also to pay for outreach by social workers to help keep kids safe.
0: The social re- worker outreach is going to be important to make sure that we're checking in in a much more robust and collaborative way, providing an additional $200 a month in payments also, we think, will address some of the stress uh, and anxiety many of the caregivers have within the system. Uh, Also, uh, providing linkages and the opportunity to resource, direct linkages to family resource centers, uh, to making the 2-1-1 uh, linkage a little bit more robust also will help add uh, more of an automated approach so it's not just caseworkers themselves uh, that are doing the direct outreach, but we're providing more points of connection to the system. Uh, But we, look, bottom line is we have less uh, social worker visits. uh, We have less uh, child welfare referrals uh, because kids are not at school and because people are practicing physical distancing. And that means we still have to find creative ways to safeguard the well-being of our children. And we think this package, uh, which has about a dozen specifics, uh, does a lot to advance that.
1: Newsom says he's also directing the state government operations agency to utilize the surplus property program to identify laptops that can be distributed to foster youth in college. So much has been disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic, but the once-in-a-decade U.S. Census has been particularly hard hit. The Census Bureau has been trying to cope. It's asking Congress for four extra months to complete the 2020 count. But as KQED's Taiki Hendricks reports, that's raising concerns about accuracy.
3: The Census Bureau suspended its field operations last month and doesn't expect to begin its door-to-door count until June. So officials are now asking Congress for an extension to deliver a complete tally next April 30th instead of this December. The challenges are understandable, according to the Los Angeles-based National Association of Latino Elected and Appointed Officials, which is doing census outreach. But a delay is risky, says the group's CEO Arturo Vargas, because the further we get from census day, which was April 1st, the less accurate the count could be. On Monday, he called on Congress to step up its oversight to, quote, salvage Census 2020 and ensure Latinos and others are not undercounted. This is the first time people can respond to the census online, but so far, just under half of us have done so. For the California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks.
1: Well, as we mark one month since shelter-in-place orders went into effect, California Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara has ordered insurance companies to provide refunds to customers for March, April, and possibly even May if the directive is extended. KQED's Alice Wolfley has more. In a new bulletin, Commissioner Lara says the
3: shelter-in-place order means many Californians are driving and working less. People are taking fewer risks these days, and premiums should be adjusted to reflect that.
2: We have to make sure that rates are not excessive and that they're not discriminatory. And we know that the risk profile has changed.
3: The order currently applies to several types of personal and business insurance, including auto insurance, workers' compensation, and commercial liability. But Lara says more reforms may be necessary as the pandemic unfolds. Insurers
1: are required to issue all refunds no later than August. For The California Report, I'm Alice Wolfley. A lot of us are showing up for jobs that hardly resemble at times what we did just a month or two ago. Other jobs carry new risks that no one expected. One kind of work that's changing rapidly is policing. Law enforcement officers have to enforce stay-at-home orders while also keeping the peace at food banks and grocery stores. And when they do make arrests, there's a new level of danger. The slightest touch brings with it the risk of possible transmission. For more on the psychological impacts of the pandemic on police, KPBS reporter Claire Tregesser talked to experts and officers about what they're experiencing. And
2: he's running away from us and we had to catch up to him, make contact with him and place him um, under arrest.
4: Having to tackle someone who's running away is a pretty standard part of the job for Chula Vista police officer Victor Del Rio. But the coronavirus pandemic makes it far more complicated.
2: When we first contacted the subject, we stayed um, within six feet from him and when we determined a crime had occurred, um, it was time to conduct our business.
4: Officers are now wearing masks and gloves at all times. But an arrest is still an arrest, and they have to come into close contact with people to do their jobs. Del Rio says, at first, they're not thinking about getting sick. It's instinctual.
2: Training just takes over, and we just have to act. I mean, it's training. It is in the back of our mind. We are worried about it, but we are, here for uh, public
4: safety. Phil Stinson is a former police officer who studies policing and criminal justice at Bowling Green State University.
0: I think what we're seeing now is that in many places, police officers are being more reactive as opposed to proactive.
4: And when officers do respond to calls.
0: Police officers are responding to calls for service. They're responding to 911 calls, uh, but they're not being as aggressive.
4: In March, arrests in Chula Vista were down significantly, almost 50% from 2019. San Diego police wouldn't make an officer available for an interview, but their arrests were also down. Going forward, Stinson predicts that prosecutors will factor in the elevated risk officers are facing, when they make charges.
0: People are gonna be charged with more charges or more serious charges than they otherwise would by putting the officers uh, at risk, uh, exposing them potentially uh, to COVID-19.
4: So potentially fewer arrests, but heftier charges for those who do end up in handcuffs. The threat of the virus is just always there, lingering, says Victor Del Rio's partner, Officer Javier Castillo. It always
3: constantly crosses our mind, especially the most concerning part is taking a,
2: contracting the virus, taking it to my family.
4: Dr. Nancy Bullpenrod leads the Counseling Team International, which provides counseling services to many local law enforcement agencies. She says the hyper awareness that police have about the virus has become a constant. Am I getting it? Am I carrying it? You know, the person I just was around and, you know, arrested or put in the back of my my patrol car or took to jail. You know, do they have it? Dr. Bullpenrod worries about officers taking these additional stresses home with them and ratcheting up tensions with spouses and children. Many of them have told me, I don't want them to come back right now. I want them to stay at the station. She's telling her clients to eat healthy, exercise, talk with family, and maybe even keep a journal. They have to stay positive. This will pass. That's good advice for everyone. For the California Report, I'm Claire Tregesser in San Diego.
1: And that's the California Report for this Tuesday, April 14th. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day, everyone.
3: Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, urging Californians to prepare for the next damaging earthquake. Learn more at earthquakeauthority.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems, and the California Healthcare Foundation, standing with all Californians as we address the coronavirus emergency together on the web at chcf.org.
4: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
2: Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years?